ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Welcome into the Friday, September 9th edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in. We are here until 6 o'clock. We will get your phone calls in, of course, at 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255 with our text line this hour, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Tomorrow's the day, Thundering Herd. And South Bend, Indiana, taking on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. We go on the air at 11.30 a.m. here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 9.30 as the Thundering Herd. Going to take on one of the most storied programs in college football history, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. So I'm excited for it, and we're going to talk more about that tomorrow when we're at Roosters for our pregame show. And again, that is 11.30 We'll be on the air to talk about the Herd and the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Hope you can join me at Roosters. Uh, if not, uh, don't forget you can tune into the program. Of course, we stream it live as well. Just go to our website, wrvc.com. We'll also be on 93.7 The Dog as well. So if you are waking up uh, a little later than usual and you kind of want to get a bite to eat, hang out with us, or get set for your game day, start at 11.30 a.m., of course, I'm speaking to you that did not make the trip to South Bend, Indiana. The the caravan of herd fans already heading up the road. I've seen your photos on social media. You, you've got your campers and your RVs and everything you could possibly fit yourself in on the way to South Bend. The uh, herd landed earlier, uh, I believe, this hour. So the thundering herd is uh, safely in Indiana getting set for this one against Notre Dame. So we've got a lot to preview about this one tomorrow. I think some of the uh, the big storylines, uh, you know, I'm working on, you know, what we're going to talk about tomorrow on the show, the pregame show. Uh, yeah, I think some of the big storylines you got to talk about, of course, is, one, you know, Marshall's ground game. You know, what's Marshall's ground game going to look like against Notre Dame's run defense? You know, are we going to see something similar? Now, Granted, Norfolk State is not Notre Dame by any stretch of the imagination. Let's let's just go ahead and and let's be realistic right now about this. This is not this is not Norfolk State. This instead is a team that I thought looked good against Ohio State and to be quite honest I'm sure they would like to have that game back. Every player on that team probably wants to have that game back because Notre Dame had a chance. Notre Dame had a serious chance in that game. And if I'm the Fighting Irish, I'm looking to take it out on the herd. But with that said, that can only carry you so far. So, you know, one of the things I'm really interested in is, you know, are we going to see a repeat performance? So we're going to see. A couple of uh, hundred-yard performances from Ethan Payne, from, of course, uh, Kalen LeBourne. We're going to see that. Also, you know, how's that Marshall defense going to hold up against Notre Dame? This is a team that really didn't have any success on the ground against Ohio State. 
six, 76 yards. That's it. 76 yards. And so are we going to see Notre Dame try to run more, maybe set up the pass? Because as Coach said about their their tight end, he's, um, he's real. Michael Mayer, he's a junior. And when Coach calls you real, you know you've got Coach Huff's attention when he states that. Anytime something is real, that means he's got the attention of Coach. So are we going to see the running game find success against the defense? Or is it going to be a, a, is it going to be a slugfest? Because Notre Dame held Ohio State to 21 points. Not too many teams are going to hold Ohio State to 21 points. I mean, we're talking about a, a front runner in the Heisman and C.J. Stroud as your quarterback. He's on everyone's short list right now for Heisman. He's on my short list as well for Heisman voting. Yeah, I'm keeping an eye on him every week to see where he's at. And Ohio State's got you know, really a great offense here. Notre Dame was able to hold him 21 points. Ohio State got things going a little bit better in the second, but Notre Dame held him a long time. So are we going to see Marshall be able to find a way? Yeah, are we going to see Marshall be able to keep the pocket clean and let Columbia find some time back there to find an open route? Or will there be some holes for the offensive to maybe exploit, give some room to those running backs? I mean, there are so many things we could talk about here. But at the other end of the day, yeah, I don't know if it's going to be a high-scoring affair, it's going to be ugly. I don't think it's going to be a shootout. You know, either Marshall can hold or we're going to see the floodgates open up. I've, again, the line I've seen is 20 and a half. Some are saying more. If you go with the betting, the betting line is where I'm looking at this here. They're saying 20 and a half. I'm not going to go with the prognosticators. I'm not going to go with you know any you know, people that cover Notre Dame. I'm not going to go with their picks. I'll take what the what the betting line is. It's saying 20 and a half, and we'll keep an eye on that. Maybe it's going to move here in the next you know, few hours, but I think it's pretty locked. So Marshall for. For what it's worth, Notre Dame's favored by three scores. Favored by three scores. So is Marshall a team that is three scores behind Notre Dame? Can Marshall keep it close? Can the Thundering Herd generate some offense? I mean, it will be a slow game as well. Maybe you go and lean into that running game a little bit more if you're finding some success. I mean, that's one thing that Notre Dame tried to do, try to keep Ohio State's offense off the field by being a little bit more deliberate. I don't know if we're going to see a shootout here. That's one thing. I will be surprised if it's a shootout. Will it be competitive? I think so. Will Marshall play well? I think so. Will Marshall win the game? Find out what I think tomorrow. We'll be live at Roosters. You can tune in on 93.7 The Dog, and, of course, on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. So the Thundering Herd and Notre Dame going to do battle. We've got high school football tonight. It's a light night for us. Usually we've got three games going. We've got Huntington High, Spring Valley, and Cabell Midland on most nights. Well, it's early in the season already. Spring Valley and Huntington High, both teams have off weeks. 
So you may have seen some of the, the video floating around. The moms for Huntington High went up, you know, did some tackling. They had an event with the, the moms, and they were tackling the uh, the kids. They were all in pads and everything. So you know, they've had some fun up there, you know, just to, to keep it light while the off week. I know you want to have your off week a little bit later, but you, know, you get it when you get it. So we only have one game tonight, and that's Cabell Midland. Chris Tatum's going to join us here in a little bit. We'll talk to him. He'll give us a preview of what we expect tonight from the Cabell Midland Knights, a team that has fallen out of our drive power five. So we've got that to talk to you about. How uh, how far you know does Cabell Midland have to go to, to maybe get a little bit respect back from people in the tri-state? Because right now, Spring Valley, Ironton, Huntington, Raceland, GW, those are the those are the top five teams, and GW is tied with Hurricane and our Drive Power Five, so that's going to sort itself out tonight. Yeah, where does Cabell Midland fit into that power structure? But according to our voting, Spring Valley is still the top team in the Tri-State, Huntington number three with Ironton number two. I think that's skewed a little bit. I would have personally, and I did, I put Huntington two. Spring Valley 1, Huntington 2. I had Raceland 3, Ironton 4, and GW 5. That was my personal vote. And, again, I could have done it two ways. I could have told you what it really is and just give you my personal vote, and that's the Power 5. Or I could do what I did, and I opened it up and let some other people have their opinions as well. And so I think Ironton's not the second-best team in the Tri-State. I think Huntington is. I think Spring Valley's number one right now, but I think Huntington's the second-best team in the Dry State, and I think Raceland's right up there as well. That's just my take on where these teams rank. We'll have a new Power 5 coming up next week, but tonight we've got Chris Tatum coming up later on to talk about Huntington High and Spring Valley's nemesis in Campbell Midland. So that's what's coming up. We will get some of your texts in. Those of you who stayed behind, not going to Notre Dame to see the herd take on the Fighting Irish. What are your game day plans tomorrow? And do you think Marshall is really a team that is a uh, is going to lose by three touchdowns? Do you think Marshall loses by three touchdowns? The text line is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. we got more coming up. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Friday, September 9th edition. Your drive continues on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We're going to talk about high school football a little bit later on with Chris Tatum. He's going to join us in the final segment of the show as the Cavalier and Midland Knights are back in action. Our radio broadcast tonight, Huntington High, is next week because they're off tonight. I mean, we could have had Billy Seals in here just uh, for three hours, and he could have been talking to our play-by-play guys, give him something to do. But uh, instead, uh, Highlanders are off tonight, so I'm sure they'll be watching some games across the Tri-State. Same thing with the Spring Valley Timberwolves. So Chris Tatum, our featured game of the night, we'll talk to him about uh, about 5.45 or so. Uh, so we'll have him on the show. Uh, it's a busy night, and – in college football, we've got a couple of games that are, are 
I'm actually interested in a couple of these. Actually, Louisville at UCF, and I'll take Louisville. I never root for UCF in anything. I'll take Louisville in this one. That's coming up tonight about 7.30. And then at 9 o'clock going to be Boise State at New Mexico. And so a couple of games there, to uh, For those of you maybe not looking for a high school game tonight or your high school is not playing, we've got a couple of college games going on tonight. And it's going to be a full schedule Saturday in the Sun Belt. I think we get to see everyone finally in action at the same time. And it all starts at noon with UNC at Georgia State. And then we get into the top 25, a noon one as well, Southern Miss at uh, Miami. Miami, depending on the polls, either 15th or 16th. And then Notre Dame's opponent from last week, Ohio State, playing host to Arkansas State. And that's what I'm, I would circle that one. That's a noon kick. I would circle that only because if you're Marshall, you're playing Notre Dame. Notre Dame played Ohio State, and I would just keep that one back just just to kind of gauge where you're at, Arkansas State's at. I'd, just keep, I'd keep that one back somewhere, just, just glance at that one. Uh, South Alabama taking on a former MAC foe for the herd in central Michigan, the Chippewas. That's coming up at 1 p.m., and then the herd at 2:30 p.m. going to be taking on uh, the eighth-ranked or ninth-ranked Notre Dame Fighting Irish. That game will have it for you right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. And another, I'm going to keep an eye on this one. I'm really interested in see how this one plays out. App State will take on sixth-ranked Texas A&M. That is coming up at 3:30. So we'll be in about an hour or so on the Marshall game when that one hits. I'm interested to see how that one plays out. That'll help me gauge App State a little bit better. App State, if if the Mountaineers can get Texas A&M, I mean, that's going to be that's a statement game right there. Or if they can keep it close. If that program, if it can keep it close with Texas A&M, App State Watch out. I think the Mountaineers are going to be tough again this year. And then uh, the tour of the Sun Belt continues with Norfolk State taking on James Madison. And, of course, you know, that's one you got to circle because, one, you got to see what James Madison can do. You can see what Norfolk State will look like in uh, Game 2. And, again, different strategies here. Will James Madison run it up on Norfolk? Maybe, maybe not. But I – Normally, I would pass that one by, but I'm interested just just as a gauge. And then Coastal Carolina's got Gardner-Webb. So, that's one you keep an eye on. And then uh, later on, it'll be Old Dominion, East Carolina later on in the evening. That should be a fun one. I think I'm going to have to actually take Old Dominion to that one. I think I'm going to lean towards Old Dominion a little bit at East Carolina, but still, I'm going to take Old Dominion. Then Eastern Michigan at Louisiana. NFL Network, one of the few games that's not on ESPN. Now, some of these are on different networks, but it's still the family of stations here. Yeah, Big Ten Network's more of a Fox thing. You know, ACC Network. The Herd, even though you're going to be listening to it, it's going to be on NBC. So, NFL Network. A place that 
we thought years ago Marshall might be featured on. Finally, there's some opportunities here. And then later on, FIU at Texas State. I'm curious on that one. Troy coming up sooner than you think, so I'm curious about Alabama A&M at Troy. Georgia Southern at Nebraska, and I just think that's a big deal. Nebraska used to be a big deal. Nebraska should be a big deal. But once upon a time, Nebraska was such a heavy hitter in college football. And now, not so much. In the grand scheme of things, it's still Nebraska, though. So that's cool. Georgia Southern's at Nebraska. And then uh, ULM is going to be facing off and playing host to Nichols. And that's uh, the final game of the night in the Sun Belt. So a pretty busy schedule in the Sun Belt. Maybe a couple upsets will happen here. You get opportunity because you've got four top 25 teams on the schedule for Sun Belt schools. Southern Miss, Arkansas State, Marshall, and App State. If one or two of those can pull upsets, that's going to be a good day for the Sun Belt. Now, you hope that it's Marshall against Notre Dame. Obviously, that's the one you want. But App State and Texas A&M, I think if I'm, if I'm calling an upset, I would call App State over Texas A&M. Just something about that game. I don't know what it is. I know App State's got an offense. I'm not saying that's going to be an actual upset, but if I'm calling an upset here, looking at these games, no way Arkansas State beats Ohio State. There's no way. Southern Miss, I think Miami wins that one. Okay. But Marshall and Notre Dame aside, because I'm looking at that differently, I would say the upset special of the week coming out of the Sun Belt is going to be App State at Texas A&M. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I'm calling that. I'm going to call App State with the upset of Texas A&M. I'm just going to call it. What's the worst that could happen? It doesn't happen, and like, okay, I, oh, I picked App State, it didn't happen. Okay, what's the worst that could happen? I'm going to call that. App State beats Texas A&M by a field goal. By a field. I'll just say a field goal to win it for App State against Texas A&M. Watch out, Texas A&M. Uh, the Mountaineers are coming to town. And then, of course, Marshall at Notre Dame. The betting lines say three-point favorite for Notre Dame. You take the over, you take the under on that. What do you, what do, you do? You take the over or the under? Is Marshall going to – does Marshall beat the spread? Maybe that's the best question to ask for the text line today. Does Marshall beat the spread against Notre Dame? 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Still to come, Chris Tatum will preview Cabell Midland in action tonight. It's high school football Friday night. That's our game of the week, and we'll talk later on to Chris. We'll, we'll get some of your phone calls and text in. The text line is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Let me check that. I've got those two mixed up. I apologize. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Or you can use the text line. And again, we take the text throughout the show. 
304-396-8255. All right. More coming up. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our text line is open, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Texter writes in, Notre Dame's game with Ohio State with a yawner. Won't beat the herd by 21. Okay, so under the 20 and a half, Notre Dame won't beat the herd by 21. That's one person's opinion. What's yours? Again, the text line, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. I'm not looking for this to be a high-scoring game back and forth. I think Marshall's defense is better, but we're going to get that true test. This is the true test. This is the best test that Marshall's going to see in a long time on this schedule. No disrespect to anyone else that uh, is on any other team, but I think this is going to be the best first real test for the Thundering Herd, and their quarterback's pretty good, Tyler uh, Butchner. Pretty good quarterback for Notre Dame. I think he's uh, going to want to get things going because the passing attack wasn't where it was at for Notre Dame. You want to get that ground game going so you can open up the pass attack and their tight end, Michael Mayer. He's pretty good. Coach said he's real. Huff said he was was real and that he's probably going to be in the running for the Mackey. First, he said he's going to win the Mackey, and he said he would um, be in the running for the Mackey. Just caught himself a little bit, but you, you heard where he thinks that this kid is. So a Mackey-caliber tight end Notre Dame has. So you, know, you want to get that open, but I think that Ohio State really put a bad taste in the fighting Irish's mouth, and they're going to try to run that game. And... The thing here is, how phased will Columbia be? I mean, right now, one game, one game under his belt, he leads the nation with a .923 completion percentage. So, national leader, 923 completion percentage. I don't think there's uh, really been too many herd quarterbacks that have started off the season that way. Now, we'll have more tomorrow. That'll be live from Roosters, and that means, unfortunately, I have to share the table with Woody Woodrum. He elbows me all the time. He doesn't have what, – what, what, do you have a headset on? I mean, you have your own special microphone. What are you doing? Absolutely. What, what, is my is my overhead microphone not good enough for you? No. No, I, had, I, I found a new headset sitting on the shelves back there, so – Figured I could break it in for somebody, but uh, very excited. You just walk in, you just want to walk in like like you like you take over the place. Yeah, you know, I I, I love being on the air with you, and it's oh, you Friday. miss me? Okay, you miss me. It's Friday. I feel like I should be getting ready for a game. Get, since about two o'clock today. You know what Shatner said to some of his fans? Are <laughs> get a life. Yeah, I know. Get a I, life. I am actually going to watch the uh, GW Hurricane game tonight, so I can kind of steal some GW. Uh, uh, alignments for their offense and defense, and it should be a good game. I, I also will probably have at least the football games turned on with sound down. But uh, yeah, hey, don't we don't watch games on TV? 
Right. You know that's company policy. I just right? turn them down. Yeah, you know? know that. That's company policy. We right. don't. We don't. Game TV doesn't exist. And, and the games are much more well done on the radio. Yeah, TV doesn't. I don't know what people talk about these TV games. That doesn't exist here. This com- <laughs> that that when they're not a game. You know, I mean, we're going to go to Rooster tomorrow. They they have forty TVs. I don't know why because t- they don't televise TV. I'm pretty. The games on the TV. I'm pretty sure that you mentioned U of L and UCF earlier. In this broadcast. Oh, okay, we don't carry that game. <laughs> so if we don't carry that game, you know, it's, oh, it's on TV. Okay. It's okay. on TV. Okay. If, if we carry the game. It's uh, not. I have strict orders from, uh, you know, I am to ignore. Television doesn't exist. I have, I have strict orders. And I do also want to reach out to the folks who might be listening who normally listen to us on, on the Huntington game. You know, I know when they went back to look at it on the video later. It didn't sound right, but we got that fixed on Wednesday. That was a good thing, so we got the whole system ready to go. You know, um, I apologize to the players yesterday out of practice, and you, you know, um, in speech class, they they tell us not to apologize, just keep going. Yeah, but you know, I I made a point with them. I said, you know, it was a wrong chord with a wrong end on it, and <laughs> I said a small thing like that made a big deal. Out of what was going on, I said, it's just like football. You might think the smallest thing is not important because the coaches were kind of preaching that at the end of practice because they weren't going to practice today. This just in, technical difficulties yep. that uh, we've that all happened. forgotten about. Woody Woodrum has reminded well, us of. I just want to remind the Huntington listeners who listen to us that uh, we, we do want to fix those things. We do want it to be right for them. All right. Uh, I, I think you're good. I don't think anyone really said anything to us here at uh, Kendrick Corporate. Well, so I heard a little bit in the Huntington people. So Okay. I've got my people. Okay. So, yeah. okay, here's Woody Woodrum telling the entire Tri-State of <laughs> all the technical and, problems. And they did like our uh, football preview issue. They thought that was wonderful All so, right, for, um, for the insider. Okay, so. be on your best behavior. Chris Tatum's coming up on the other side of the break. Oh, I did not. Don't I know him? No. Didn't he used to work with me? No. He, no? Never, okay. never heard of him. Okay. Yeah, you, you don't know him. He's uh, He works for Cabell Midland. He's, on a diff- he's a different ah, school. Ah, okay. Different school. He's going to save me a parking space out there when we go play. Right? No, that's not happening. Oh. That's not happening. I'm um, crushed. Yep. More coming up. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. One game tonight across our Kendrick Communications family of stations. The Campbell Midland Knights are back in action, and that means, once again, Chris Tatum is back in action. He's with us now on the program. He'll have the call of tonight's game. Chris, um, it's been a while. It has been a while. Yeah. Uh, what have you been doing with your time a, off? A, we, we had a bye week last week, so we had a, we had a full week break. So, Who you know. does that week two? Who does that? Um, apparently, Cabell Midland did that, which was a little shocking to me. But we're here in week three at Capitol up at the uh, uh, Laidley Field, University of Charleston Stadium, if you will. So things are, you know, they're out there warming up, getting ready to play a ball game here. So regardless if they had a week off, they better be ready tonight because, you know, they're playing Capitol. Always a dangerous team, but they've, they've had a few tough weeks, as you well know. Harrisburg South and Hurricane both uh, blanked them. And now Midland gets their shot after a tough opening week uh, two weeks ago for them. A little different ballgame, though, at GW for, for Midland than it was for Capital the last couple weeks. 
Is this the game that Cabell Midland can really get healthy on? I think they better. Uh, you know, and you know, we talked about this last well, two weeks ago. Now, you and I talked about this when when we were having conversation at this very moment uh, two weeks ago. Was that you know there was a possibility that George Washington would come out and punch Midland in the mouth to start things off, and they did. They they scored two touchdowns early. Uh, Midland finally gets it together, but late uh, they they had some things to go not go their way. And uh, they end up losing to a, a very good George Washington team who, you know, finished eight and four last year. We talked about that. They they made a run in the playoffs and knew they were gonna be knew they were gonna be good. And uh, they, they came out ready to play last week and I'm not, you know, by any stretch saying that Midland looked past them or anything like that, but I I do think that new personnel and, and loss of personnel in, in a lot of areas contributed to that loss last week. They they did, however, uh, have you know some in the mid middle part of that game from second third quarter, uh, they looked really good uh, at times, and they're a better football team than what they showed at George Washington. That's for sure. Chris Tatum is with us. He'll have the call tonight. The Cabell Midland Knights will be on our sister station, ninety-seven nine, the River. Uh, joining me in studio, Woody Woodrum. He usually has a Huntington High game to call, but since he has nothing better to do, Chris, he just came in and sat down in my studio, and he won't go away, so he's going to be on the program now as well. You remember him, right? You used to work with him? I do remember him. I do remember him. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, Chris. How could I forget that guy? Chris, I honestly thought Midland made more mistakes in the first quarter than I've seen in 10 years of doing Huntington and watching their games. It was it was like it, it was like they just hadn't talked or anything, I, and and silly penalties and all – all yep. sorts of mistakes, uh, you know. It's always tough to open on a Thursday night, too. I think that's a, that makes it a big deal. And GW is a very good team. They're going to throw it around. Their quarterback's, you know, really good. They've got a couple of outstanding receivers. And, uh, you know, I, I I mean, it's it's a it's a Marshall matchup in the coaches, Mark Mason, Luke Sammons. Of course, we're seeing Carl Lee and Melvin Cunningham. And a lot of Marshall guys are, are, are popping up all over the place coaching teams. But. You know, both teams need a, an improvement in their play. I, I, somebody's got to lose. So, you know, both teams need to win, but, you know, both teams need to play better. Although, as you said, Midland played much better in the second half. I thought watching the game that they had a chance to come back and, and you know, tie it up or go to the lead, and it just, you know, it still just didn't work out for them for whatever reason in that early game. Well, it's like you said, Woody, there was a lot of mistakes made in the first half, but all the way through, I mean, it was, again, there were communication problems. You could see that, uh, you know, watching that ball game, that there were communication issues, but also those fundamental things that you're not used to seeing, like you said just a minute ago, not typical of, of a Luke Sammons team. And, you know, I, I would credit that to, you know, 10, 10 new starters on that on that squad, and Curtis Jones Jr. comes in and did, did a good job last week. But like you said, late they had a shot to tie it up, and just did, there were times they just didn't execute. They should have been it, it shouldn't have been twenty eight twenty one, you know, in the fourth quarter like that. They had many opportunities and just did not execute. But uh, you know, during that during that late part of the second quarter into the third quarter and, and early in the fourth. They, they looked good. Like you said, they, they looked like they got them back together, but that late fumble just killed them, uh, you know, down down towards the uh, uh, GW end zone. Chris, do you feel if Cabell Midland would have got a game right after that, we would be talking about a, a different 
feel, different vibe right now for this team because you've got to wait so long to kind of get that bounce back opportunity. And with a game the way it goes for Cabell Midland, you, know, you want to forget that one, but you can't forget it because that's the last game and you haven't really you know, had that same rhythm with the off week coming so soon. Well, I, I think I think there's going to be a different vibe to this team anyway. I mean, I, there was a the vibe going out last, you know two weeks ago was good. I mean, when we talked, I told you this team expects to go out and and and, and win and be be playing late in the year. I don't think that goal has changed for them, but I, I do think they come out with a little more chip on their shoulder. But I think too, based on some of those mistakes that kind of Woody and I were talking about as well. They knew they needed that, and it's not they needed the extra time, but I think it. I think it had allowed them to the time to really get in a situation where they learned to communicate a little better because it was evident last week communication just wasn't there. There were some, you know, there were some mishaps that shouldn't have happened, and you know, like I said, with new personnel, the way they've had had new personnel uh, coming in, into the starting lineup this year, I think that was evident. So I think not that they needed it, but it gave them certainly gave them more time to learn how to execute and learn how to communicate as a, as a team and establish and establish some leaders through that two weeks of practice too. I think that's you know I think that's key for them tonight. But I do think they're coming out with a chip on their shoulder and they're gonna they're gonna be out here to uh, punch uh, capital in the mouth early. So I think they can absolutely do that. Like I said, that's a better team than they showed a couple weeks ago. Chris, I don't think this last week was a planned outage. They just could not get a team. To right. fill their tenth spot, does that? Does, it, it seems like to me from the outside that makes it look like you know if if you lose a game but you go nine and one, people shrug their shoulder and go, oh well, you know they're really good. If Huntington runs the table after a loss, then they'll be nine and one. But you know it, when you've only got nine games and you're already the best you can win is eight, I, I think it puts pressure on the team to execute in those games you have because they'll have another open date as well. But then they have that great end-of-the-season schedule where they're at home pretty much for the rest of the year. Yeah, we go, we go we're go. we here tonight, next week, South Charleston, and then from then on out, we're at the Castle. And uh, that that's great for them. And I'll just be honest with you, I told Paul this, in the 24 or so years I've been doing this, I've never had a, a schedule like that that's travel-friendly like that. But certainly it, it's a different look. If you're talking about 8-1, and one, Versus a nine and one, and, and don't have that tenth game on the schedule. It's already been talked about. I mean, it does give it. It, it is a different look, but they've got to win. They've got to win ball games from here on out, and win convincingly, and get get things together, and execute as we know they can in order to make that eight and one not not be a topic of discussion. Chris Tatum is with us tonight. The Cabell Midland Knights are in action, hoping to take out their frustrations on Capital. And then, hopefully, uh, everybody's back in a, in a rhythm next week. You know, we'll have all our local schools back in that rhythm. Everybody's off weeks will be done, and we can talk about football for the next few weeks. But uh, Capital City tonight, uh, I know, um, are you expecting a, expecting a good crowd here? Kind of, yeah. How many people are coming to the game? How many people are heading to Indiana? That's probably the the big question here. That's the game. That's the thing we all want to know. So, why aren't you in Indiana well, right now? Because I'm here. Okay. I'm here. De- dedicated. Thing, so. That was a trick question. You're dedicated. And I'll tell you that Midland Midland does travel well. They bring they bring a number of fans with them and you know, I, I think that'll be no different tonight, but I do think that game in South Bend will have some effect on, on tonight's game and it's always it's it's always no matter when there's a lot of people here for a high school game, 
it still doesn't look full because of the size of Langley Field and the University of Charleston Stadium. So, you know, it's a uh, it's a crapshoot tonight, knowing what's going on in, in South Bend and and whatnot. So we'll see. I mean, it's a it's a great night. It's a beautiful night up here for football, and hopefully people come out for the programs. But that that X factor is is the college team down the road playing in a in a pretty big venue for sure. As our good friend Dick Smoot we used to say, uh, did you bring a light jacket with you? I'm we're inside, man. I mean, I did bring a pullover, but I'm we're inside, so uh, you know it's always always an, an an easy setup here, and you don't have to worry about the heat or the or the cold when you come to Capitol. That was um, that was a trick question, Chris. <laughs> Chris, you know, you got to make sure, though, you get the tall chair because as oh, we, we yeah, are yeah. a bit vertically yeah. challenged, you've got you've got to get an extra cushion or so there so you sit high enough you can see the game. Well, what do you know? I stand a lot, too, so there, <laughs> yeah. there's only one – well, there's only one tall chair in here, so I'm probably going to – I'm probably going to stand because, you know, vertically challenged folk like us uh, indeed uh, have an issue when, when the countertop's low and so is the chair. <laughs> You know, that wasn't coming up on this show until he brought it up, Chris. <laughs> hey, look. Because this, this, ra- this is radio. This is radio. We can't see that your height. It's it's okay. You can be who you are here. Yeah, but Woody, we are who we are, right? That's it. We we there talk We talk big, and we stand as big as we can. That's it. That's it, precisely. All right, All right. Chris Tatum's got the call tonight on our sister station, 97.9 The Rhythm. River, have fun tonight. Um, we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Thanks, fellas. Good to talk to you, Woody. Take all right, care. Chris. All right, Chris Tatum. Um, all right, you're going to behave tomorrow. I'm just going to tell you that right now. You're, you're going to behave. You're going to be in your better, better behavior tomorrow. Yes. Okay. That's what I want to hear. I'll be in pregame mode. All right. Please please be in pregame mode tomorrow. It's it's an important game. It's Marshall at Notre Dame. More importantly, um, I have your I have your food voucher, so I, <laughs> I, I expect – I expect better behavior out of you, or you're not getting your food voucher tomorrow. Okay, so you understand the gravity of the situation. Yes, and, I, and I'm looking forward to being at Roosters. You know, we've been hanging out there for so many years doing these pregame shows, and it's a great place to go. And we hope a lot of folks come down and join us for the Herd's first ever appearance on NBC. Of course, they've been on Channel 3 many, many times, but this is the first time for the National Broadcasting Company to have the herd in a game against the Fighting Irish. Okay, let me explain something. You're new here. Let me explain something to you. Um, the 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 big guy, the big guy. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah. TVs are broken. Don't no. It's ninety three seven. The dog at ESPN ninety four point one and AM nine thirty. I I don't want what's going to happen to you. That's already happened to Bill Cornwell a few times. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I'm just trying to tell you right now for your own good. Radio, 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 radio. Don't bring that TV stuff and, to the game day tomorrow. And especially at Roosters because they don't put it on the overhead. No, no. So bring your radio. Right, exactly. Listen at the table. They have 40 TVs and, you know. No sound. No sound. That's right. 40 TVs, no sound. I mean, I don't even know why we're going to Roosters tomorrow. They have 40 TVs. I mean, we're, <laughs> not, we're none of us going to be watching the game. I'm just trying to help you, man. I really am. We get the call on Monday. You know we carry the game on the radio, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I can't do anything with him, sir. That's going to be the conversation. <laughs> All right, back tomorrow, 11.30 a.m. on 93.7 The Dog and ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. 
Have a great night, everyone. we got Pirates Baseball coming up next here on ESPN 94.1 AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington. This is your radio home for Pittsburgh Pirates baseball, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.